Hey, I'm Marina. And I'm Emily. And I've seen everything in the Sex and the City Empire 10,000 times. And I'm starting fresh. So I'll be woman-splaining the show. And I'm along for the ride. But there's a twist. We are starting with and just like that and working our way back to the beginning. So in other words, we're watching it backwards and in high heels. This is City and the Sex. Welcome back to City and the Sex. We are at And Just Like That, Season 1, Episode 5. We are halfway through. Emily. We did it. How you feeling, girly? (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling a lot of things. I think this was like, this was a whirlwind. I... I kind of wish that I had watched these now when they were airing because I would love to know what the discourse was <laughs> Yeah, after this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is juicy. I can tell you it wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Did you ever consider stopping and then push through or were you always like, no, this is, I'm, I'm here to the end? Well, two things. So first you reminded me, this I think is the last episode where people dropped off. Where people told me, like, I'm out. And we all know the scene. (laughs) We'll talk about it when we get there. But (laughs) if you saw this show and you lasted this long, we all know what scene I'm talking about. (laughs) One. (laughs) Two. Mm. I have a problem personally, which is that I will continue to watch things I know that are bad. I don't have the, like, inner resolve and strength to be like, I could just stop and not know what happened. Like, I'm like, I have to see it to the end. I'm one of those people. It's kind of like I started The Idol because everybody was talking about the discourse of how bad that show was. And Mm. I have a new rule, too, that I instituted on myself, which is that I don't make fun of a property unless I've seen it. Okay. That's very respectful. I think a lot of people, like, have developed these hot takes. The cool Mm -hmm. thing to say at the barbecue, oh, The Idol sucks. Okay. But did you see it? No. Okay. Then, like, how do you know that? Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's entirely fair. And good for you, honestly. More people should do that. Well, and the idol did suck. And this also sucked. I think I take after the Dalai Lama in that <laughs> okay. I am empathetic to people who create work. Okay. And so I want to see, like, there were good pieces here. Like, there were okay. things that I enjoyed or, like, I want to be like, I saw what they were going for and they didn't make it, you know? People are really quick to be like, what's the smart thing I could say at the barbecue? What's the thing that will get people being like, oh, really? Like, oh, wow, you know? And I am actively pushing against that culture of savvy by continuing to watch terrible things. (laughs) You're so brave. Purely because I can't stop. You were so brave and such a, you're a real supporter of the arts, I would say, because you're, you're watching and just like that, the idol You know, because you're like, someone worked on this and they deserve to have their trash viewed and talked about in an informed way. I'm a martyr is what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm saying that Pope should canonize me as a saint. And, you know, I will say he canonized me for getting through Rings of Power. I was the only person I think who did that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you actually were. I literally was. And and for the same reason where I was like, I want to have an informed it was disappointing because I was like, I want to have an informed discussion about this show and like an informed 
feelings and rant about this show. I'm going to do my due diligence and watch it. But then nobody else did. So no one got to talk to me about it. So it was all a waste of time. I think, and that's, you know, why I've coerced you into watching this show with me because (laughs) a lot of my friends also dropped off watching this show. And I was like, oh, I'll get to talk about it at the barbecue. And then nobody was coming to the barbecue. And I was like, Okay. Well, who can I push into this? <laughs> who can I bully into watching this? Who can I <laughs> force to watch to talk to, with me about it so that I can be canonized <laughs> with the Pope? Let me suggest a podcast for Emily. She can't resist. <laughs> That's my way in to the Vatican. Is all right, I see. This podcast. All right. That's all right. Where we said the word that. cunt no less than eight times like an episode or two ago. <laughs> His holiness is still listening though. We do see that one listener tuning in from Vatican City. We see yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, Francis, he watches. Friend of the pod. Come on, Friend talk. of the pod. Friend of Michael Patrick King. <laughs> That's a buddy cop movie I want to see. Michael Patrick King and the Pope? Yeah. Sex and the City 3. <laughs> Sex and the... Write it. We'll write it. That's what we'll, we'll do. Write it. We'll write it. Yeah. We'll write it. We'll make it happen. Um, well, I would say my one word for this whole episode was just eventful. This episode Mm. in particular, episode five is filled with a lot of key moments that really set the plot in motion. Um, eventful. I'll leave it at that. That, That's a good one. I I think that might be, I'm trying to make mine more different because I think it's kind of in a similar vein, but it was going to be turning point. Say kind of the same idea. I feel like this was a lot of. In the beginning, I can see how you might think like, oh, we're just kind of getting started and there's some wonky stuff, but it'll figure itself out. And I feel like this would be the turning point of like, no, the the season two of this show that I have seen is coming. You know what I mean? Like, I see it here now. I see it in the bones. It's we're we're morphing into it. Yeah. This episode will go scene by scene just because a lot of the scenes are, or a lot of the plots, I should say, are interconnected since it really revolves around Carrie. Um, A very rare, I have to say, like, you know, we watched these two episodes together, episode five and episode six, and both of them are very Carrie-centric episodes. And it's so foreign to be like, Mm. there aren't 20 scenes in this one episode. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but we've so far been very careful. Maybe that was just a season two thing was like. Yeah, it really put in perspective season two, how much they're really trying to be like, everybody gets 10 minutes of screen time. And, and yet here, no one's plot is resolved. And yet nothing happens. Um, whereas here, it's very much like Carrie's show and we're all just in it. Yeah. Um, so we start with Carrie and she is going to show Seema her OG apartment where she's staying and she um has to use an umbrella to get up the stairs and basically Seema's like what the fuck is wrong with you and we get a lot of woke jargon here where she's like I'm an old lady I have old lady back and Seema's like or you could just see a doctor and Carrie's like I don't want to do that and then Seema sets her up with her nephew cousin I don't know somebody and um they go to see this cousin who is a bitchy doctor. Yeah, it I mean of course, um because he is like working in service to someone else and so he must be an asshole. I did I this I haven't really nothing to say about this setup other than I do think it's funny that we watch this whole struggle of her up the stairs just for Seema to be like, 
all right, I called my cousin. He's got it. He'll see you within the hour. And then they turn right around and go back down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, just yeah, watched yeah. her struggle up. Uh, 10 out of 10 blocking. No notes. No notes. Um, we find out that it's a congenital birth defect. I mean, we all know it's the heels. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. I, I'm surprised they didn't actually just do that. I'm surprised, too, because at the end of the episode is about her getting it back into her heels. And I think it would have been funny if the doctor was like, no more heels. And she was at home, like, crying over flat shoes. I don't know. I feel like there were some comedic opportunities here that they kind of yeah. missed. And then you could have set up a, and just like that, I got a second opinion or something like that. Like, <laughs> I didn't listen to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I told the doctor to shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> so then Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda, and Anthony are all at brunch. Um, I do love this interaction that they have because basically Carrie's telling them about her hip situation. The episode, by the way, aptly named Tragically Hip. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Anthony, he has this one line that made me really laugh where he was like, yeah, get that archaeologist to saw your old carcass open. <laughs> Hits Good. keep coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> is why anthony's allowed at the table this is why he should have always been the fourth person at the table mm-hmm. i also mm-hmm. do hate that he they write for him to be like it's my first time at the table like i have to fit in i'm like why are they doing this why? yeah why i didn't need that anytime they kind of like explicitly say the thing like do a kind of fourth wall breaking thing like that i don't know i don't know why it bothers me so much it just like feels like it hasn't earned it you know what i mean yeah I, yeah, it feels very, like, randomly placed. It's, like, too self-aware to be Yeah, cute. but then they do so many things that are really not self-aware that you're like, I don't, what kind of, like, mixed messaging are you trying to send me? I don't know. I don't know. So it's it throws me off for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to do a dumb hat watch here because she's wearing these, like, weirdly weird, ugly pins all on the side of her head pins in the side of her head she has like a collection of multicolored like barrettes and pins on the side of her head oh god i didn't even i didn't even clock that you need to you need to take pictures on hat watch and send them to to you be like this one is ugly and this (laughs) newsflash for our viewer every hat that she wears is dumb so anytime i see a hat i'm writing it down I'm writing it up. I'm giving it a ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting a ticket. I did see some uh, infractions of hats. Um, yes. We definitely yeah. got more redonkulous on the hat front in yeah. this season. But yeah. Anyway, so she has these dumbass pins. Uh, Miranda decides, oh, we should order champagne. And Charlotte's like, no, let's not do that. Um, and then... Charlotte's like, we're all going to take care of Carrie so that she's not alone while she recuperates from her hip surgery. And she pulls out an Excel spreadsheet. Which we fucking love. The key to, the key to our heart on, on this, our team. The absolute key to our heart. You know, the other reason why I continue to watch bad TV is that I'm a completionist. I eat the whole mm. plate. Yeah, as they yeah, say, yeah. and I love to check a good box. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> that's a, that's so true. 
Marina, what was your review of season one? I just like to check a box. Box. <laughs> I get a good sense of satisfaction when I finish the episode. Like, mm, the third time I'm seeing this show, success. <laughs> God. You've probably seen this more than Michael Patrick King at this point. I mean, I, I well, I've definitely seen it for a fact more than Sarah Jessica Parker, because even though she's EP, she only watched, I think, episode one all the way through. <clears throat> she admitted to that on Andy Cohen. Watch what happens live. That puts in perspective. If people complain about the show and she knows about complaints about the show, but hasn't even watched it, she's not doing the due diligence that you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, she can't really even enter the discourse about her own show because she hasn't seen it. What we're saying is that I'm more professional than Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. That's what we're saying. <laughs> exactly what I was saying. What we're Thank saying is Thank you so much that... for putting it like that. <laughs> exactly. We are better EPs than Sarah Jessica Parker. That's what we have made clear here today. So yeah. we're hireable. We're non-union. <laughs> we'll watch it 18 times. We'll do it. We'll, we will. We will. We will. Um, so anyway, this scene culminates in that they are going to be all be rotating to take care of Carrie, which is important foreshadowing. Oh, oh, what the horror to come. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so then we cut to Charlotte in her kitchen and she's on what I guess is a, some sort of PTA Zoom call. They don't even really talk about it, but it's all the moms at school. And uh, as the meeting ends, one of the moms is like, oh, Charlotte, Rock was so good in the school play. And Charlotte's like, oh, is there a new student? And they're like, oh, they all like have a face crack. And then they're like, gotta go. And then LTW calls Charlotte and is like, your child has requested to be called Rock at school. And like, we thought you knew. First of all, let me backtrack and say that like, I feel like if a mom said directly to you, like, oh, Rock was so good in the school play and you know that your daughter's in the school play, I was kind of like, but you would guess from context clues? That's true. Because why would the mom randomly be like, hey, this other random kid was really good in the school play. You should know about that. I honestly, I think it's a small fix, but being like, oh, did you say rock? That's weird. My daughter's name is Rose. Would fix Yeah, this. something like that. Um, As opposed to being like, who the fuck is rock? It's like, well, if this woman is mentioning a child to you, you can put, and you can put it together. You can put it together. Um, but LTW, as I said, you know, mentions this. So then Charlotte storms into the living room where Harry's playing video games, King, King. and, uh, along with rock and rock is like, well, yes, I announced it on my TikTok, which is another like, Ugh! moment. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's like exhausting. It see, it's like this moment I feel like would be funny if it was, sort of a heightened version of it you know what i mean if it was like making fun of it but it, it's not funny because i know that mpk probably thinks that this is how tiktok works yes do you know what i mean yes but other it's like in any other show i feel like this moment and then playing the tiktok actually would be genuinely very funny but it it's sad now because it's this show and we know that they think that this is real yeah well it's sad because we know that they think it's real and then the rap is so stupid it's so bad. Again, it goes back to the like 
we've discussed this before where I'm not totally sure how old Rock is, but it's like the rap to me felt much younger yeah. than I think the kid is. You know what I mean? So it it reads as very strange. I mean, I, I we've discussed this at length. I don't think the writers really know how to write just like young people, period. Yeah. They all sound the same. They're all brats and they're all kind of like this vague nebulous age of like 12 but don't <laughs> really mark. act like it you know what i mean yeah um so yeah the the rap is so dumb again i think could have been funny as if like this would be an appropriate way to like this is how a kid would come out and then also it would stick with the school and the parents at the school yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah it is pretty nuts I mean, yeah, exactly. Because to your point, I think it's one thing to be like, oh, like Rock came to all the teachers and said, like, could you please refer to me this way? It's another thing to be like, all my teachers watch my TikTok. <laughs> like, how popular is this kid? I don't understand. Yeah, for real. Also, and yeah, it's like, also, how do the friends' parents hear about it? It's like, they're not watching their, their TikTok either, are they? I don't know. Who's watching this TikTok? How do the parents know? I have no idea. And also, like, I can see you. I can see through you, Michael Patrick King, right to your fleshy core. You're trying to push this on me. Teach me what it's TikTok is. Yeah. It's not going to work. And guess what? Kids, you know what? Would I, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to go in. Hold me back. Okay. All right. All right. Rock should have come out in like one of those dancing videos with the text on screen. There it is. People don't rap on TikTok. Or I should say like, it's not the cool thing to make up raps, little kid raps on TikTok. What is cool is making up little kid dances. Yeah. That is Get your so, facts. You've Get nailed your facts. It. You've nailed it. If Michael Patrick King was within 10 feet of a child... <laughs> Someone Which would we have do informed not him. <laughs> <laughs> which we, I mean, which he would hate. Um, yes. The, the, someone could have redirected him. You're exactly spot on. It would have been like Rock doing a TikTok dance or making up a dance. And then the text on screen with the like, with the voice being like, I go by Rock now. You know, like yeah, yeah. some nonsense like that rather than, I will say writing the their own rap is chuggy. <laughs> Is Chuggy. Get them, Emily. Get them. <laughs> and it I is. say that as the chuggiest of them all. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be wearing Uggs next. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be wearing Uggs and then big owl pendants and holding the book Twilight. God, yeah. And Michael Patrick King's just there like, kids these days. Am I right? Kids. And everyone's like, stop. This is 2013. What are you doing? <laughs> the Muslim ban. I'm just like, the this Muslim joke isn't even accurate. I think that was, I didn't like process that until this moment. But I think that, I think that's what rubs it all the wrong way is like mm. seeing a kid rap on TikTok like this. And you're like, I feel like this is what people did on their camcorders in like 1995. Yeah, like when you had like a digital camera or whatever. Yeah, I feel like, like even in the, like, the cool age pics. of photo booth, it's like that's when we were recorders like dancing in front of the camera. Yeah. And, like maybe, you know, like that was that era. That was what, 2007? Yeah, exactly. Get your head out of your 2007 ass. <laughs> Make these damn talk talks. Also because like, you know, all these songs go viral on TikTok. And like, I know I get a lot of TikTok sometimes that like don't make any sense, but it's so clear that the person just like wants to go viral. So they're mm -hmm. putting the song that's like trending 
Mm-hmm. It'll be like a woman painting a picture, but like with the trending song. And you're like, I, I know why I'm seeing this. It's because it has the popular song. I'm yeah. like, you could have put like a really like uh, incongruent song to go on the TikTok. And they could be like, is this like Frankie Valley? Like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So that kind of puts the wrap on that scene. Charlotte's kind of in distress over this whole TikTok business. Um, then we get to Miranda with Brady's girlfriend, Louisa at home. And every time I see Louisa, it's a fucking jump scare. Every time I'm like, what disturbing ass thing is this poor woman going to say to this other woman that came out wrong? Yeah, we find out in this scene that she's ordering (laughs) things to the house. Just inexcusable. Inexcusable. Not even things. She orders strawberry flavored Astroglide to her boyfriend's mom's house. First of all, it's kind of stupid in that, like, I don't know, at least have Brady order it. Yeah. At least be like, Oh, I don't know about that. Like, (laughs) instead she's like, yeah, sorry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine going to your high school boyfriend's parent and being, and then I think she says, Thanks for being so cool. Like if my mom found Astroglide like arriving at my house, like she'd totally freak out. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's what a that's what a normal what parent, a parent would, would do. do. Yeah. She specifically says she would choke, she would strangle me with a rosary. Yes. Which I think is a line that's trying to do a lot of heavy lifting and trying to be like, well, maybe her parents are like super religious and that's why she's here all the time. Like, I felt like that line was thrown in there to try and explain this person's crazy behavior, but it doesn't actually excuse that. And also that's so much heavy lifting. Do you know what I mean? Like a very normal, even non-religious reaction would be to freak out at this. This is not like progressive is to be like, oh yeah, you're right. Here is, here, Louisa, here's your loop. That's yeah. not a normal None of this is normal. Also, it's like, you know, I don't have to tell you that this character is not going anywhere. Yeah, no. Like, I don't have to tell you that we're not going to unpack the complexities of Louisa. So Catholic upbringing. And her Catholic upbringing. So I hate it. But the reason that this scene is here is that Miranda finds that a book has been ordered to her house called Quit Like a Woman. And she's upset by it and she's in denial about it. And she says, I didn't order this. And she's like sounding real crazy. Like Louisa looks at her crazy. And that's the one time I identify being like, yeah, she keeps denying this book too hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And we find out that she thinks that Charlotte sent it to her. Yeah. Um, Carrie shows up at the surgery center for her operation and she's wearing Birkenstocks and socks. (laughs) (laughs) And she's I, disgusted with herself. Disgusted. I feel like they wanted us as the fans to be like, oh, no, Carrie. Not the Birkenstocks, Carrie. No. And she's wearing so much other strange things that I did not even clock it until she makes that joke. She's wearing like a grandma nightshirt, but like yeah. in the daytime. Yeah. Like all of her jokes about how she's like a granny now or how she's old, I feel like are not helped by the fact that she's dressed this way in this episode. Just lots of robes and lace and droopy boob shirts you know what I mean yeah I'm like you're you are dressed older though I'm kind of like are they intentional about that but you know I don't trust them the joke doesn't land as much it doesn't because it's not really it, I feel like for it to be a joke it has to be a real grandma yeah and someone has to comment on it 
be like, Carrie, whoa, where are these boo-boos coming from? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Instead, she's just like giving hippie. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's is what it comes across as. And she's like, look at my weird Birkenstocks. I'm like, look at your weird everything. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um... Incredibly rude. but she and Miranda have a little chit chat and Miranda is upset that um you know Charlotte has sent this book to her house um and then I wanted to note that you and Carrie have something somewhat in common I am dying to know which is that Carrie's preferred drink in sickness is diet peach snapple Oh my God! Thank. How did I forget? <laughs> how did that's I Emily, forget? That's your whole identity. Sorry. No, it literally is. She does say it, and I remember even clocking. Ha ha, Snapple. And then I just totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> thank you so much. I made a big note, highlighted note, where I was like, "Oh my God, <laughs> Peach Snapple." She's now been Carrie I'm- this whole time. Whoa, I get- whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm the Carrie. <laughs> I just have a meltdown. I can't be the Carrie. You're the Carrie, Emily. Acknowledge it. You're like, I'm melting. No. It's it's such a weird offhanded reference. And now I'm going to be on the lookout for any other Snapple references. And I know they're not coming. But you're on Hat Watch and I'm on Snapple Watch. I just need any other mention of a Snapple bottle. Because it, oh. it's only mentioned twice in this episode. Once where yes. she asked for it. And then we're going to mention the second later. So I think it's being set up for that joke. But I'm still going to be on Snapple Watch. I want more representation. You know what's the most representation I've ever felt like look, you know, watching anything, any any piece of media? The movie, what's it called? Uh, you Can't Handle the Truth. Tom Cruise. Oh, A Few Jack Good Wilson. Men. Thank you. A Few Good Men, where he goes to Guantanamo Bay and they're like staying in that house or they're like, they're renting house, whatever. And you see that what all he has to eat are like boxes of Cocoa Puffs. And Yoohoo. And I've never seen Yoohoo in anything ever, like in a movie, in a TV show, whatever, but he's just like just drinking Yoohoo. And to see that in like a classic piece of cinema is just like Cocoa Puffs and Yoohoo. And he even makes a joke where he's like, I'm just sitting here eating Cocoa Puffs and Yoohoo. And I was like, yeah, man, you go. I felt so seen <laughs> by this man child. Um, I have to say that A Few Good Men for a long time was my favorite movie. I've seen it like probably upwards of 30 times. And I did too have that on like, you know, the 15th watch. I was sitting there being like, wait, I'm sorry. This grown ass man's <laughs> drinking preferences are you? Yeah. And he like throws it. And you're yeah. right. It's like it's all over the scene in a way that makes you think like, how much product placement did you who pay or does Aaron right. Sorkin just have like right. a weird fetish for you who right exactly it, it is it's product placement but in such a funny way where it's not just sort of like oh and then you see a Sears in the background because Sears paid for it. it's like what and and you never see you who in anything else so you who went all in on this one <laughs> movie they're like <laughs> no drama. we're gonna back the movie where uh <laughs> United no, States Colonel crimes. Yeah, kills his own private because <laughs> he was too weak. He wasn't man enough to survive Gitmo. That's the movie we're going all in on. <laughs> yeah. And then they just snorted a line and they were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Will you Snapple who? made the same. You who? You you who? Who? <laughs> 
Well, Snapple made the best bet. Snapple said, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be a part of the chain of <laughs> <Linda> romance. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to be a part of Carrie Bradshaw peeing in this <laughs> bottle. Carrie Bradshaw, fashion icon, writer extraordinaire, pisser in of Snapples. Snapple. We have fun facts on the inside of our cap. Yeah. <laughs> Someone needed to make that joke. Like, I feel like she needed later when she's, like, talking about peeing in the bottle, she should have been like, well, the fun fact is this. And then said, like, did you know that strawberries are the only fruit with seeds on the outside or something like that? Yeah. That would be a joke only for us. Yeah, it would be a joke only for us. to be like, hey, yeah. Um, but I agree. So we get to Carrie. She's post-op in her hospital bed, asleep, wearing pearls. Grandma core. Um, Charlotte kind of mentions the whole rock situation to Miranda being like, you know, I don't know how much I'm supposed to kind of trust that this is like real, you know, cause she's 12, you know, she, she talks to Miranda being like, you were a tomboy. Right. Um, and Miranda was like, yeah, I still am. And, you know, Charlotte's trying to get a, a handle on this whole rock situation. Um, Carrie finally wakes up and she has to pee real bad um and charlotte like manages manages to carry her over to the bathroom and carrie's like how'd you get so strong and charlotte's like i read that you have to be able to carry your eldest child uh in case of emergency i've been doing burpees (laughs) that made me laugh that's yeah good 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 one (laughs) one vote for this episode (laughs) and then we get something real bad which is that Che calls and asks to come visit Carrie in the hospital room, which, again, they go to such a crazy length to say, Che, my boss? Che, Carrie's boss. You know, Che, my my boss, if I got surgery and I love my boss, I'm very blessed to have a good boss. If my boss came to see me in the hospital room immediately after post-op, I'd be like, I don't want to see them. I'm, I would be exactly like Carrie. I'm like, why is this person here? Like, I don't understand Che's unhinged reasoning of being like, yeah, I'll show up two hours post-op. Be like, what's up? Crazy. Crazy. I, 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 crazy. It's not even like in a con- in a weird context, which wouldn't have made sense anyway, but in a weird context of like, oh, I came by to just like see if Carrie wanted to call into the pod or like run some notes by her or something it which would be crazy on its own but it's not but just to be clear it's not related to work it's like a social call it's like her boss is here just to hang and I just still haven't seen them be friends they only Carrie only refers to Che as my boss yeah what I would believe more is if Che called and Miranda was like oh you know Carrie's like post-op or whatever and Che's like oh like damn it I missed I forgot what time that was because that would be in line with Chase's personality. Yeah, and then be like, and then Miranda would be like, "Oh, just come on over," because it's like they're trying to say Miranda's the crazy one, and that would be fine. Instead, the fact that Chase just at the hospital, you're like, "Um, "Can you go back home? (laughs) Can you leave?" Actually, Jesus, why are you here? (laughs) I couldn't imagine. No. No. I mean, we're going to see that they get Carrie on the pod high. Well, yeah. Well, then I mean, we're we're about to escalate things. If if you think that this is the most outrageous thing that's going to happen, oh no. Then we have this funny moment where Carrie's like starts to pee, and uh, 
<laughs> she's like, I guess it's a false alarm. And Charlotte's like, no, you're peeing. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Funny. Ding. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Carrie's basically like, I don't want to see Che. Che should not see me. And Miranda's like, I'll take care of it. Shark eyes, a, a blur. So Miranda and Che are getting lunch at the hospital. And Che is sharing that, like, they had all this, like, gastritis. Um, and they're, like, sharing this funny story with their dad being like, we know they were already diagnosed as a lesbian. Like, har, 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 har. Um, and then <laughs> get, your face is a, a thousand words. <laughs> Nothing drains my life force faster than hearing Che jokes. <laughs> um, and then, you know... Miranda's like oh like you had all this gastroenteritis like what's that about and Che's like Cheryl had all these gastro problems because they were keeping everything like locked up inside and it was like hurting them on the inside but like now I do what I want I be it I live my life I'm all out um they say it like that very like put your hand on the bible It is a little, I mean, it's funny because it it is in line with this character, right? Like we've only seen them as like weird self-help preacher, like not comedian. So this is sort of in line with Che. I will say it's kind of interesting in that like, I think anyone that's had to deal with a comedian, writer, artist type fuckboy has heard this speech before, you know, about how like I do what I want. Yeah. And, you know, I speak my truth, you know, which is exhausting um and it is kind of funny to see che like do this to a t you know what i mean that kind of like (laughs) wow i'm so brave whatever it does have an extra layer of irony to it because we've seen i know that che is going to break up with miranda and then use the excuse of miranda was holding me back and i just want to live my truth which is bullshit we said was bullshit at the time but there is this extra added irony here of Che bragging about how like honest and open and unrestrained they are and knowing that they're going to like use this as an excuse later. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And I think it goes back to also the point that we made of like, I'm surprised they were surprised that people didn't receive Che because they did write this person, this fuck person who like is upsetting to a lot of people you and I have been around the block on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yet it's like that, you know, that is what is so strange and infuriating about it is like the character of Che is weirdly accurate, right? To like yeah. to our experiences of this person. We're like, yeah, this person 100% exists. We have interacted with this person. This person's real. What is so bizarre is that the world of and just like that does not react to Che the way that the world would react to these people. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yes. And it's weird to see Miranda so in love with this person. So then we cut to a beautiful hot fella's Mercedes van and Carrie's inside, like strapped to the seat. And basically, um, Anthony's contribution is that he's getting a hot guy whose name is Prince Boner, as he refers to him, to carry Carrie up the stairs to her apartment post-op. Um, which is great. We love. We love. (laughs) Ding. Then um, Carrie wears hat watch. (laughs) Um, Carrie wears a big dumb hat. And I think it's supposed to say that she's still on the drugs, which as you mentioned is crazy that they made her do the podcast while she was 
on painkillers. It it's crazy. We've we've discussed this podcast at length and its craziness, and we've discussed how weird it is that they also are bullying her into participating and posting more after her husband's death and criticize like already the amount of dedication they are expecting her <laughs> to be giving to this stupid fucking podcast that it is just like nobody seems to be listening to except for Lizette, her neighbor, um, isn't already insane. This somehow manages to cross the line even further in a way that I didn't even think was possible. Is like, yeah, to prop her up when she's like intoxicated, essentially. <laughs> Yeah. Is so insane. And then to have her, she shares a story, you're going to talk about this, and then to have their response be so giddy and high-fiving each other and being like, oh, there we go, now we're getting this out of you, is like really insidious. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's elder abuse. <laughs> it's elder abuse, okay? It is elder abuse. <laughs> And it's wild. <laughs> and they happening. high five over it. They're like, hell yeah. We got her to reveal something personal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Um, Leave grandma alone. My other mega complaint about this podcast is not only do they force her to do it while she's clearly on opioids. Yeah. And unwell. Yeah. But also, I don't know if you noticed, but Carrie is on a Zoom call on a laptop, and then they are recording her audio via a microphone in the studio pointed at the laptop. No. Yes. That, no. Are you the, sure it wasn't just like the third microphone was there and just not being used? You know, then why put it in the goddamn frame, Emily? Why put it in the goddamn frame? Also, because Che oh comes god. by later being like, we bought her a podcast mic. Oh my god. That's so funny. I did not catch that. That's so funny. You might be right. It might just be set decoration to have the mic in the corner, but it is pointed at the laptop. It's not just like right. in the corner artistically. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, it feasibly looks like it is like recording her. Also, sorry, Carrie doesn't know how to record Audacity. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Know, what do you, who do you think she is? What do you think she is <laughs> out here doing, being like, oh, doing? let me record on my phone. And, my and also she's on opioids. Do you think she's like got it together to be like, oh, let me do a, a audio test? Like, no. <laughs> so insane. And like, I mean, to the point of elder abuse, it's like someone needs to be in control. Like, this should have been a fight <laughs> with Charlotte bursting in to be like, hi, I'm here to take over. What are you doing? And then, like, shutting the laptop. You know what I mean? Like, someone needs to come in and and be the adults to say, like, I am the health proxy for this woman. <laughs> and yeah. legally, she should not be forced to work and reveal personal information on your podcast. I, that is so crazy to me. I mean... Everything about this podcast continues to stun me. You were right. It 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 delivered. It <laughs> my expectations were somehow met and they were already so low. <laughs> um and as you mentioned, she names drops a real story that ha storyline that happens in Sex in the City about she says her full name Samantha Jones, my friend like helped me get my diaphragm out one time because it was stuck. And we enter into like podcast nitpick number two, which is like, you can edit a damn podcast. Yeah. So yeah. when Charlotte's like, oh, you shouldn't have said her whole name. I'm like, just clip it out. Clip it out. But do again, do we think that 
do we think that Michael understands that? No. Because everything we've seen so far makes me think that he thinks it's like live radio. Yes. He thinks it's live radio. And that's why she has to be like propped up to do the podcast because she can't miss an episode. They can't pre-tape an episode. God forbid. God they forbid pre-tape their, their, God forbid their they show. pre-tape an episode or have a guest host. God forbid. Because, you know, they're, they're on the topics. They're right. talking about, you know caucuses and elections and then they're turning to <laughs> they're like it'll be out of date by tomorrow <laughs> mccarthy won't be the head of head of house anymore we got to do this right the fuck now after it ends charlotte's like oh like kind of are you okay and like you know um you name dropped samantha and like maybe you should like maybe give her a heads up just so that because Charlotte's like, you know, I still read, I read the daily mail, even though I'm here in America and not in London. And I'm like, the daily mail is not running this fucking podcast. <laughs> the daily mail doesn't give a fuck about this podcast. And no one gives a fuck about this podcast anyway. Yeah. Samantha is not going to stumble upon this, but that's very cute of you to be concerned. Yeah. <laughs> this horrible thing. Um, that we know no one's listening to because they're in trouble and they think that their solution is like they're not posting enough. Right. So, so yeah, no, one's whatever. Listening. No one's listening. I'm like, Samantha Jones, I could see her getting that text like next to Big Ben being like, <laughs> you think I'm affected? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Pathetic. Pathetic. <laughs> oh, wait, can I just pause and tell the audience to just like quickly Google pathetic duck meme? <laughs> Because that is my favorite picture of all time, and that's what I'm referencing. All right, carry on. Um, That's this whole season. Yeah, it's (laughs) just (laughs) us watching this. Pathetic. Pathetic. Um, So then we get to Charlotte and Harry at school, and they are toggling. Wow. Toggling. Too bad it's a podcast, and we can't edit that out. We can't edit it out. We got to keep it in. Fuck. Oh, man, the commercial's coming. Uh, Um, They are talking to the teachers about Rock's situation and the teachers are like, you know, we thought that Rock told you um, because basically Charlotte Harley, like, why the fuck did you not tell us? And the teachers are like, we thought you knew, which is fair, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they kind of enter this whole conversation because, you know, Charlotte's trying to push back being like, I don't know how much we should trust a 12 year old to be telling us about these kind of big choices and the teachers are like you know we really defer to the child in these cases and like we have therapy and counseling and there is a very touching scene at the end of this where harry you know harry's like all upset and he's just like you know if we left everything to the child like we would have ice cream for every meal like you know like this isn't uh you know i don't know how much i trust this whole situation and then he kind of takes a breath and he's like to be told about your child by another adult is like one of the most humbling experiences. Um, And he kind of like tears up. It's very touching, but you get the idea that like they are going to, you know, come together and work through this as they walk into heaven. Seemingly they like walk into like a big white blinding light. I'm like, okay, did they die? (laughs) And then they just ascend. And then they just um, ascend. Oh. Yeah, I liked it a lot, honestly. It, it's so weird to see a scene like this and an exchange like this on this show of all things because I have to treat it with such such suspicion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of like, how did this happen? What are they actually trying to say? Because there's like so much 
nonsense. I know we want characters to respond to everything like perfectly. And especially for a thing like this, we if they don't respond perfectly off the bat, we're like, oh, what a bigot. You know what I mean? And then it's going to – it's like I actually – first of all, I don't think that that's a fun way to watch TV. It's to be like I need all my characters to be perfect, and if they're not perfect, it's endorsing that behavior. Um, and secondly, I think it's kind of an exhausting way to view stuff like this as anyone who doesn't really understand it must be coming from a place of bigotry um, because this actually did a surprisingly good job of making me not feel like Harry – or, or Charlotte was being a bigot. They just are reacting to something they don't understand. And it's their kid. And, and his response at the end about how it's like humbling is not bitter. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like, oh, these teachers tell you how to run your kids. And I'm not even like in charge of my kids anymore. And, you know, because I feel like that's also a lot of in today's discourse it's kind of like the teachers are stepping in for the parents and parents' rights. It's, it's like astonishing. When stuff like this happens on this show, it's so astonishing. Because again, I'm like, how did this slip through the cracks of yeah. all this other stuff we see? Of Che Diaz? Like, this is the same series that has Che Diaz, okay? That had such a touching little moment like this. Yeah. And such a believable scene between them. I was like, I'm just stunned. I was stunned how this made it through the edit. As we know, this show wanted to really uh, tackle woke themes, topics, moments, and it fails on 99% of them. Um, but this is one scene. And overall, the rock plot isn't the most offensive, which, thank God, because, God, you know, at least let's get something from this show. We need that a win. Isn't- setting people back women are already set back by this show and and we'll never come back from that and that's fine yeah no one's really won from this show except for maybe herbert i think he's the only one that has been unscathed i miss him put him in my veins i know that i know i miss him and what does that say that the big wall street banker comes out unscathed i think that there is some capitalism underscoring in this script that need to be called out get them get them democracy now you can book me tomorrow i'll come on anytime just let me know somebody call marina back (laughs) somebody call me back damn it i get a lot of phone calls out there i'm desperate and i know (laughs) desperation doesn't work well but that's the only tool i got left in the goddamn hat (laughs) call me back (laughs) she's out here podcasting please call her back i'm out here podcasting just a cat scratching the door let me in let me in (laughs) what's the worst i'm gonna do sit on your face give you an allergic reaction whatever (laughs) get over it that should be on your business card (laughs) what's the worst i can do sit on your face to give you an allergic reaction yes (laughs) Yeah. Creative producer. <laughs> Creative producer. <laughs> um, on like beautiful like um American psycho cardstock. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's eggshell white. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> um Sorry, I'm going to go on a brief tangent here for like all of two seconds and say that yesterday I put on a face mask and I try to do face masks like once a week because they like feel nice. But 
I had just come out of like a hot bath and I put on this like very cold face mask. And I, as I put it on in the mirror, I was like, I've never felt closer to that Christian Bale character in American Psycho. I was like, it's not what face masks are supposed to make you feel. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I get it. I get why he's crazy. We should all be like this. <laughs> what? No. That's what I no. thought. What face myself. masks are you buying? <laughs> there are face masks that have some, um, you know, <laughs> toxic masculinity baked into the into the into the yeah, cream. You just absorbed it, yeah. <laughs> and I absorbed a little taste, and I was like, "Wait a minute." I love this. I love this idea. I'm sitting out here with my face mask, you know, and I I always love I love doing face mask and then having a little bit of chocolate. Ooh, like I love having yes. like a little bit. Of, it's like that is the just the most divine sort of evening, and I'm gonna put on some TV. It's like oh the self care. That to me is face mask evening, right? And yours is to put it on and look in the mirror and go, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I'm an Adonis. <laughs> I've already said that I'm self centered, <laughs> and what I'm learning is that my self care only makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, actually. You don't deserve self-care, actually. No. I think it's too dangerous. No, no, no. It's, it's, too, it's too much. It's too much. It, it brings me that much closer to uh, world domination. You know what I mean? I can't get that yeah, close. Yeah, exactly. I can't, can't get that can't close to heroin. That. Yeah. Um, well, we end that beautiful touching scene with Harry and Sh- Charlotte, and we pivot right into... Here we go. I'm so scared. She belts down, safety bars down. The third, final Trinity Holy Ghost bail scene for a lot of fucking people on this show. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I saw this scene the first time, I could not believe what I was watching. I could not. (laughs) I was mouth agape at the screen. And it ended and I was like, I need to read articles. You know when you like finish ending a movie and you're so like either yeah. mystified or whatever. They're like, I need to go and read like 10 articles to like cleanse myself because I don't know what I saw. And I need yes. another human to hold my hand through whatever 100%. it was. I'm like, and it's like not even necessarily Twitter. I mean, like I need to read like articles. I was yes. like, I need to read someone I trust yes. about what I just witnessed or I need to read it and organize. That's why I go on TV Tropes. It's my immediate reaction to something where I'm like, I need to process it. Like, we yeah. went to sleep no more, and I literally pulled out my phone, and I was like, time to go through TV Tropes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my equivalent of sleep no more. <laughs> it's like a scene. It's just horrors in every corner. <laughs> the faded kitchen scene. Okay. So. Here we go. This is where the famous "Hey, it's Che Diaz" line comes from, because <laughs> I, know, I laughed. It's so funny. Miranda's taking care of Carrie. Carrie's asleep. Miranda goes over to the intercom. Hey, it's Che Diaz. Horror There's- strings. It's, it's so. Why is it so funny? It, it's like I think it's because <sighs> it's like. Maybe because they use their full name. Like, what is it about that is, like, so funny and weird and, like, sinister? I don't know. I think there's a part of it. Hey, it's J.D. Diaz. Yeah, it's threatening. It's also the same voice from the uh, cameos. Remember when they, like, roll over and they're like, hey, it's J.D. Diaz. I'm like, oh, my God. God, are you good? Are you going to die? No. <laughs> I'm not going to make it through the scene. 
Emily, get it together. <laughs> Emily, I'm you trying. can't. You can't <laughs> leave me. We just started. We literally just started. You can't leave me. The door. You can't leave me. I can't be alone again. I can't go through this alone again. I'm so scared. <laughs> hey, it's JTS. Hey, it's JTS. God. Um. So. Miranda lets Che come upstairs, which is again why unhinged. I'm like, at go least home. go go downstairs go and get the stuff from downstairs. Mm-hmm. And fuck in the hallway. Anyway, that, yeah, I mean, just seriously. Che comes in with a BNH promo, which we love, I guess. Although poor BNH, another company like Peloton, just uh, so forever know, associated he- with this. You guys keep contributing to the wrong <laughs> look. I get it, but like you're like, "Oh, it's a spin-off for Sex in the City. How bad can it be?" You know what I mean? But I I hope you all learned your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out to BNH though. Shout out to BNH. We love them. Um, but Che's like, "I got a new podcast. I got a podcast mic for Carrie and some tequila to like get her to keep telling us fun stories," which is don't like that. So it's like, I know they don't intend for it to be this way. So I don't want to harp on it too much, but like, you just didn't realize how sinister this elder abuse got. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you, you clearly meant that as a joke. And I think in any other context that might have been a joke, like, but because we just saw that they literally did that, you can't make that joke and have us interpret it as a joke. You know what I mean? Elder abuse. It feels like she carries the attraction. Che is like, me and my comedian buddy get an older woman <laughs> drunk <laughs> and then like make fun of her. Yeah. Yeah. While she had to have hip surgery. Yeah. <laughs> she had hip surgery. Elder abuse. I'm telling you. Hey, your husband just died. LOL. LOL. <laughs> Tell us some more funny stories. Here's my funny sound buttons that say trigger mode. <laughs> we have not said those. We have not said trigger We've warning been good. We've or been woke well moment this today. whole episode. I'm I'm hoping we can keep that together, but probably not. Okay, so Let's see what happens? We're like we're like we keep like getting close to the gate of like what's happening. We just keep talking about other things because we just don't want to stall. <laughs> trying to, trying <laughs> to just get around it. Um. Okay. So. Chase there and Miranda's like Carrie's sleeping she can't drink tequila she can't drink tequila anyway she can't drink tequila so why don't we just drink the tequila together in the kitchen do some shots so they do some shots in the kitchen and then they fight over the kitchen towel in a way that's again meant to be like sweet and like oh they're into each other but I only hear horror soundtrack music going on as they fight over this towel Mm -hmm. and then um, Miranda's like oh you know you could shotgun me one more time and I'm like and Che's like okay and so Che shotguns Miranda with marijuana and then it leads to kissing and intense making out and then Carrie wakes up and as Carrie wakes up there's kind of a mirror in front of her that's like positioned and in this mirror she can see Miranda and Che getting hot and heavy um and I'd also like to point out that underneath all of this they're playing on my tv screen my subtitles said whimsical music 
Okay. So I don't even make that up. That's what my subtitles wrote. And that's exactly how I describe the music. It's like this like whimsical kind of slightly comedic music that like does not fit the sinister tone of the fact that like, this is a very serious scene and they have a very serious debrief about it after like Miranda and Carrie, which we'll get into. So why is the fucking whimsical fucking music playing? I, I mean, I don't know what to say, but it is tonally very confusing because it is played like a really funny, goofy moment. Yes. Then they have a very serious conversation about it. And then the very next scene that's going to come afterward is going to have funny, goofy music again. So I don't know how to interpret what I'm seeing. I think that's what like now having seen this so many times, I think that's what's so disjointed about it is. I can't tell if this is a serious thing or a funny thing. And I think, as we've said, their default is that they think it's funny. Um, I don't think it's funny. But anyway, so um, Carrie's watching them make out. Carrie has to pee. So she tries to get to the bathroom, but it's not working. She finds her trusty bottle of Diet Peach Snapple. Ding! It's always there for you. And pees in it. She successfully pees in it. But as she's trying to get back on the bed, she kind of knocks the bottle and pee goes all over the bed. So that's kind of what happens to Carrie. At the same time, Miranda and Che are making out. Che asks permission to finger blast Miranda. Miranda says, yes. (laughs) The finger blasting commences. (laughs) And... Then Miranda orgasms, although I use that word with a question mark. Yeah. (laughs) Because the manner in which she screams and is like yelling, she has her, she has her own hand over her mouth, which is useless because she's still yelling so loud that the hand is really not doing anything to support. I thought it was Che's hand. Was it? Either way, I think I, it's Che's hand and Miranda's arm is like flailing in the air. <laughs> like, she's like a dolphin that's like being resuscitated back to life. And she's just like yelling through the hand. It she is was, I, I I believe the term is woofing. It's <laughs> like the closest way I can describe the noise that's coming out of her. It's woofing. <laughs> like a dog it's It's like so bad i just i've never heard i've never experienced anything like this it's it's like i i just don't again i don't know how to interpret this essentially what is supposed to be a sex scene but can only be interpreted (laughs) with like confusion and uh, we've had a few sex scenes in this show so far where you know they're like They've kind of made a joke out of how noisy it is. Yes. Like with with Brady and his girlfriend. We also saw it in the second season with Naya. And they always do this kind of like very overdramatic porn acting kind of like almost sounds in pain thing. Yeah. And I, I so they've done this before. They think it's really funny. They, they lean on this a few times. But I will say that's actually not what's happening here. Like this is something else. I have never seen this before. As horrifying as it is to have watched the original and then this, I got to say, as someone who is doing it backwards, this I'm going to be carrying with me through the original <laughs> series. Like Miranda is just fucked. Both literally and also as a character to me. 
<laughs> like, because I, this is all I'm going to be thinking about. I can't wait. This is all I can think about. I can't wait till we go back to the original show to see, like, what that even feels like for you. Yeah. This really is a social experiment. You're, you're part of a journey here, folks. Um, yeah. I'm an evil genius, so I think we know this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What have you done? What have I done? <laughs> um, well, let's not think about that too much as I go back to my American right, psycho back to life. The, the pee in the sheets. Yes. Okay. <laughs> back to the pee in the sheets. So Shay's like, I got to go. They say, and I quote, DM me if you want to chill again soon. Hot. Hot. Panties <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> But Miranda and Carrie then have this really intense scene. Miranda goes to the bathroom to pee, doesn't even check in with Carrie. Carrie's like, hello. <laughs> and Miranda realizes like what she's done. Um, read the pee in Carrie's bed. And she's like trying to change the sheets. And Carrie's just like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm changing the sheets. And Carrie's like, no, like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Fucking my boss cheating on steve and miranda's like you know what maybe i have been drinking you know we were drinking tequila like i have been drinking too much like um and i'm unhappy with my life i hate my life um and we kind of end the scene on that note which is miranda's full catharsis of admitting that she's unhappy yeah and it's played completely straight the whimsical music is gone um, I think it's also, this is such a startling thing to say, given that we're still reeling from what we just witnessed, but like, it's a very good performance from both of them. It's hard for me to like, take this scene seriously because it yeah. happens in the middle of goofy stuff, but it was actually good. And Carrie yelling at Miranda, essentially, and being like, you know, connecting the dots between I'm mad at you for this thing that you just did to me. And also I'm like, I'm upset that you're not well and you're not like sharing it with me. I thought was like actually really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, But then, as you said, we go on to this next scene where Carrie decides to text Samantha to give her the heads up about her mention in the podcast. And she's like, you know, I said this story about the diaphragm and Samantha's like one of my finest hours and then Carrie's like, I hope that's okay. And she's like, uh, I'm good anytime that your vagina is getting more airtime. Two great lines written Astounding. by someone who's not there. <laughs> Astounding. I like the can we just like compare the difference between the two characters who I hear so much about and don't really see? Samantha and Big. <laughs> like comparison to my perception of Big and Samantha is just like football fields apart like samantha to me is like every single thing that she's done which has not been on screen and is just vaguely from a distance has been like excellent like the thing with the flowers the two lines she says on text have been funnier than anything anybody else and has such a clear character it's like yeah i feel like i know samantha and i've only seen that one brief cameo she makes in season two but i feel like i know her and miss her and i don't know who she is do you know what i mean yeah yeah, I just I can see what we're missing by not having that person here. I like just a fountain of wit, and all I know about her is that she's a she's a good friend. Yeah, 
tragic. And then Carrie says, I miss you. And Samantha does not reply. Good for her. Good. <laughs> I stand and I clap and I say, good for her. You're doing much better than this piss show over here. I know. Please don't come back. <laughs> Please don't come I back. I'm having a great time in London. Um. So then uh, Miranda's at home. We see her at home maniacally laughing to the podcast and making a Negroni. And this, she... I mean, maniacally is exactly the right word. I think I actually, <laughs> wait, I think I wrote down manic, manic behavior. Yeah, she's like, like, <laughs> like, the laugh is like that, where you're just like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I said, somebody help. Miranda looks like a maniac. <laughs> she's cackling. Manic, manic, in big letters. <laughs> it's just my note for this scene. Yeah. Is somebody help. She's yeah. out of control. I mean, it really is like she's turning into the Joker. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. I can describe what this vibe is. And again, it's like af- it comes right after these scenes and this really intense fight they just had. The very next thing we see of Miranda is not her reeling processing that oh my god i just jaded on steve oh my god carrie just called me out maybe i do have a drink she's making a negroni and cackling (laughs) really like evilly yeah um at jokes which as we've discussed at length are not very funny and i'm like this this is what happens in batman when joker releases the like (laughs) joker gas and it makes all the people like laugh and their faces get stuck yeah yes this is what's happening to miranda (laughs) We're watching it in real time. I would have much rather that movie. I would much rather this be a crossover. Yeah. I mean, it's a Warner actually, Brothers property, so make it happen. Zaz. That's true. We still have time. They're actually in Gotham. We have time. Sex in the city, but in Gotham. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I'm just it's like. It's the same premise. It's like four <laughs> girl, whatever. But it's just like in the background, the Joker's wreaking havoc <laughs> and the Batmobile is going by. They're like, sorry, I'm late for brunch, girls. The Riddler yeah. gave me a clue. I couldn't get out of my apartment for two hours. And then Samantha's <laughs> like, I fucked that guy once. <laughs> he had a lot of mystery, but there was no mystery down there. And everyone goes, oh, Samantha. <laughs> Samantha. Yeah, Carrie complains. She's like, it's so hard to find a cab in the city these days. <laughs> When we're locked down because the scarecrow gas is released. <laughs> and then Big is like clearly Bruce Wayne. Don't do that to Bruce. He doesn't deserve that. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me backtrack. Big like is a guy who wishes he was Batman. Like, you know that guy at the yeah. beginning of the Dark Knight who's like wearing the hockey pads? Yes. And he's like, I'm Batman. That's, That's big. big. <laughs> So like Lucky Carrie Pat. like finds his like bat suit and is like, oh, you're Batman. He's like, oh yeah, humiliating, humiliating, embarrassing. These hockey pads. These hockey pads. He's like, yeah, God. baby, they could be whatever you want. She's like, is this a cigar with a bat sign on it? He also still dies on a Peloton, by the way. He doesn't yeah. get killed in, like, battle. <laughs> he just still dies on a Peloton. <laughs> but, like, wearing the cape. She's like, oh. Yeah. I, we need to move on before I keep going, because I just had a, a literal brain. I just had a an image inceptioned into my brain of Samantha Jones being like, is Two-Face, you know, the same way down there? <laughs> and I don't like that. <laughs> I think we should move on. 
No, we have to unpack that. You can't just drop that and be like, no, we can't talk about it. It just shot into my brain. That is so (laughs) good. She's like, is it two different sizes and a half? Yeah. (laughs) Like, Samantha. Samantha, stop. (laughs) Okay. We need to write the book that's like Samantha fucks everyone in Gotham and like what her hot take is. It's like, you know, those books that people buy for the bathroom that only have like one sentence on each page. Like that's what we're going to do. And it's just Samantha reviews every person. (laughs) Samantha's thoughts on everyone in the rogues gallery of Batman. (laughs) Yeah, It's Gotham according to Samantha Jones. And it's just like. Who else is there of the Batman canon that I'm... Oh, like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh, my God. She's Not like, over his ex. <laughs> not over his ex, but rock solid. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate so it. You hate it, but you would be first in line to buy that book. <laughs> I, there's three copies in my house <laughs> in each room. <laughs> Poison Ivy, it's like, ooh, kinky, tie me up. Yeah, she has, yeah. Poison Ivy is the one where she was like, okay, wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, would tap again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, like, Scarecrow has something, like, real. She's like, I don't know, like, funky tasting spunk or just, like, something that's oh, yeah. just, like. Yes, yeah, so, like an actual line, yeah. Like, body odor problems, like, he smells bad. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Or, like, he's really bad <laughs> at foreplay. Totally- Right, exactly. Really bad foreplay. God. He's got the biggest dick, but he's a horrible kisser. (laughs) Does Scarecrow even have a mouth? Because I don't think it's a mouth, in which case, that is perfect. That is a perfect review. (laughs) Does he even have a mouth? God. Too good. Too good. It writes itself. It writes itself. And that's why we miss her because she is something real. Exactly. (sighs) Well, anyway, as Miranda's being affected by the Joker laugh gas, um, she gets an email from Amazon that's like, Are you enjoying your book, Quit Like a Woman? And she realizes that she ordered it for herself, clearly on a bender. And so she pours all the alcohol down the sink. And just like that, her alcohol problem is no more. For real? Or you mean like for now? Because I was expecting us to come back later. Well, I'll say no spoilers, but, you know, I'm blinking twice, so you know what that means. I, I do not, <laughs> actually, so this is good. I actually don't know what that I'll leave means. it at that. I was, expe- I was like, okay, this is... This is going to be the first chapter we see in a person trying to, like, struggle with addiction. This is the first chapter. Is they're going to try to stop and then... Oh, Emily. (laughs) Out here trying to give actual thought-out arcs to these characters. You tried. Oh, boy. You tried. I never learned my lesson. You never do. You keep going back for more. Um, (laughs) But this dog bowl is empty. (laughs) <laughs> We're both crying. Okay. Um gotta keep it up, gotta keep it light. <laughs> so then we see Carrie and Charlotte together at Carrie's physical therapy like waiting room um for her post surgery, and they kind of connect over the whole rock situation. And Charlotte's like, uh, you know, still torn between whether this is just a moment, you know, a phase, or if this is something real. 
Um, and you know, Carrie basically doesn't say anything. Carrie just kind of gives like a, uh uh-huh, this whole scene. And then Charlotte just processes herself through the whole thing. And Charlotte kind of comes to terms with the fact that whether it's a moment, whether it's a real thing, it doesn't matter. She's most affected by the fact that she's mourning kind of the loss of her daughter in, in that, you know, the identity, I should say of that. Um, and Mm -hmm going into this new phase um and then carrie gets a hot physical therapist and she tells the hot physical therapist i just want to get back into my heels and then we have this whole extra scene where she goes to like rebook with the hot physical therapist and then the woman's like actually he's out of your network so you have to take this guy who's a fucking uggo as implied by the camera. Although that guy looks very nice and very sweet. I think it's so mean the way that they're like, this show is really mean to mean spirited. Yeah. To just like appearances. You know what I mean? There's a lot of like jokes uh, in this kind of expense. They don't even make him look weird. Yeah. He just is a guy. He's just like some guy with glasses and you're like, okay. And like, just like not a super hot guy. And then Carrie's like, I'll pay out of pocket. And I'm like, why is this here if they don't have sex? Because they don't have yeah, sex. Yeah, this actually doesn't go anywhere. We never see this. So, but it, it, we, right after this is the last scene of the episode, and then it's just a wrap. And we get, and just like that, three months later, I was back in heels. What were we supposed to feel there? We were supposed to be like, yeah, girl, get it. Yeah. Because again, it's like we, it just happens so fast. It's three seconds. And just like that, I'm back in heels. And then the credits roll. And I'm like, wait, we were just signing up for PT. Maybe this should have been two episodes, this plot. Because this, like, I can't even say rush to a conclusion. It just, like, jumped into a conclusion and then ended. And then ended. Weird. But we made it. <clears throat> we made it through the faded kitchen scene. We made it to the we end. We made it, Marina. <sighs> Barely holding on. But we've made it here, and when we get here, what do we do? We do our rose and our thorn. We do our highlight. We do our low light. And so we start with the negative. Emily, what was your get them of this episode? I mean, it feels like a gimme, but I just, I don't want to hear those noises ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's yours? <laughs> Mine, uh, I think, has to be Che coming to the hospital. It'll never make sense. No. Unacceptable. What's your release the Kraken of this episode? Um, God, the, the saving grace for me was that, was that scene with Harry and Charlotte. I think basically what we talked about of like having a character respond to something in such a human way and also not mean is so rare on this show. So yeah. that was great. And I would love to see more of that. Yeah. I think my release the Kraken is the text with Samantha. It gave me life mm. when I watched it the first time and it gave me life the second time. And I pray Samantha Jones is out there getting her bag <clears throat> as she so deserves. Well, this has been And Just Like That, Season 1, Episode 5. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to Follow the podcast. Give us five stars. Listen to it. Uh, Get your cat to listen to it. They like that. Get your plants to listen to it. We'll make those chlorophyll membranes grow. And 
Uh, We will see you next Wednesday as we always do. Bye-bye.